Well, hello there. This is Laura Camacho and welcome to episode 141 of the Speak Up podcast. And today's special guest is a colleague of mine named Teresa Easler, and she is talking to us from her home in Toronto, Canada. So all of you Canadians, you get to hear from one of your compatriots today. And Teresa has a a company called Connect to the Core, and she creates, uh, well, she's a communication coach and trainer similar to, to what I am, but she has a very cool tagline. It says that we work with individuals and organizations to achieve communication excellence through unparalleled communication solutions. So what could be more exciting than that? We're going to learn about excellence in communication, among other things. But first of all, my first question is always like, I want to know, how did you get here? What's your path? Tell us the story. Oh, man. Well, I think it's one of those things, and I think this is true for many entrepreneurs, especially, that communication has always been a love of mine from as long ago as I can remember, from as a little kid, even, and just kept following, didn't know that that's what it was, but just kept following that until I eventually, when I started my own company, I knew that the place that I wanted to focus was in the area of communication. So it's through going through corporate work to starting actually in marketing, which is all about communication, and then really refined it further from not just marketing, but also individuals and how each of us get to be really great communicators. Oh my gosh, that is so true. I have spoken to many, I'm thinking of Bonnie Caver, who is, I think is the president of the International Association of Business Communicators. And she had a similar story that, you know, like basically from birth, she was interested in communication, but I'm the opposite. (laughs) I just was really bad. And I didn't even think of communication as a thing. I just thought everybody was stupid. I didn't realize that I was being a bad communicator. So I'm a late bloomer to the communication world. Well, that's a good clue when everyone around you is really stupid. It's it's a good indicator of one of two things. Either you're really, really tired or you're not communicating well. (laughs) That's a great tell. Yes. Uh, Well, there you go. And so, yeah, I learned that it was, yes, I am not communicating well. Somehow expecting people to read my mind is not a good path. But anyway, so. How do you define communication excellence? And and are you, I guess that applies to an individual and to a company. So how does that work? Well, I think you actually just spoke of that just a moment ago. Is this communication excellence really how it shows up is we get the results we want. We get the outcomes that we're focused on. So if you find over and over again that the results aren't showing up, then a good place to look is how and what are you communicating? And if you're in a constant state of frustration because you can't seem to get people to understand, it's a good indicator. I just look at indicators all the time. It's like, where, what are the indicators and what direction are they pointing us to? And when we're not getting the results, when we're experiencing a lot of frustration, when everybody around us is with things like, why can't they get this? 
those are some pretty good indicators that you are not practicing communication excellence. And so shifting how you're communicating and what you're communicating interrupts that frustration, that cycle of that kind of frustration. Right. It gives you something else to think about and focus yeah. on rather than the thing itself. And I do think, I, I imagine you would agree that audiences today, like today in 2021, 2022, communicating is a lot harder because people are not listening and they weren't listening before either, but now even less, right? Yeah. We have different challenges. We have different challenges now. And whether it's somebody, if someone recently said the same thing, don't you just think it's so much harder to communicate now than ever before? And I don't know that it really is. Okay. Truthfully, I think we've always had the same challenges and they've shown up different ways. And now we have different challenges. So it seems bigger working through the medium of technology in a way that we hadn't, we didn't have to before. Some of us did it, but we didn't have to before. And we all had to suddenly learn a communication skill that we didn't have before. The basic elements that make you a good communicator or prevent you from being a good communicator are still the same. That's They're true. still the same. Yeah, it's that's a good point. Your position there of saying it's always been hard makes me think of poor Cicero getting his head chopped off for his communication versus pissing off people in the wrong place. So yep. yeah, that, that doesn't happen quite so often these Thankfully, days. Thankfully, <laughs> it happens differently now. And you get decapitated on social media right. or, or other places. Right. It's a different kind of decapitation. <laughs> right. That is very true. Well, in your bio and in your writing, you indicate that there are really two basic elements that people need to understand about communication. And let me just guess what they are, and then you can tell me. So I would guess your message and your audience. Well, those are two important pieces (laughs) of it. But not, not wrong. No, it's actually, it's not wrong. They fall within, I'm going to take it at a more macro level, and they fall within those components. So the two big things to me are what you're doing. The Mm -hmm. skills, the techniques, the how-tos of communication, which are really important things. Getting those skills down, understanding those skills, having some mastery over those skills is very important. And it's secondary to the other component, which is who you are being. So the beingness piece of it has to do with you being your authentic self, being willing to have that authenticity be there in your communication. And it's not easy. One, most of us don't have any clue of who we are. So that's one part. It's hard to be authentic when you don't know who you are. But the other thing is, is that requires a lot of vulnerability. And that takes a tremendous amount of courage. So authenticity is one piece of it. The ability to allow, I call it creativity. And what I mean by that is that You allow yourself to get out of your thinking brain and operate from your non-thinking brain. So it's switching from your left brain to your right brain and allowing for the inspiration, the intuition, all of those things to come through and, and show up in your communication. It's where real brilliance happens. That's where it happens. It doesn't happen through the thinking brain. 
the thinking rational brain validates what happens in our creative brain. And then the other component about it is connection. And this is back to the point that you were just talking, knowing your audience, your connection is with other people. And what that connection requires is for you to give up your personal agenda and have the other person's agenda be the primary focus. So what it is that is important to them, what's meaningful for them, that that becomes first and foremost of what and how you communicate. And that is your messaging. You have to know your audience to be able to do that. So it's so what you said is absolutely embedded in, in how I've broken down those two things. Right. Well, that, that explanation really echoes the name of your company, Connect to the Core. Yes. That's very, very clever how that worked <laughs> out. And I think your point about the creativity is so good. And it's so hard for, as I work mostly with technical people. And yes. I mean, some don't have trouble with it, but some do. But this, yes. one, this one guy who was a product, very successful product manager at Google, he took this and ran with it. And he had a very humdrum presentation about the product update. Like, this is what we did this year. This is what we're doing next year. And he said it was normally just a snooze fest. And he, we were, but he was mm-hmm. open to being really creative. And he leveraged these two characters from a Pixar movie called Inside Out that I didn't see, but apparently they Wonderful had movie. Yeah, I, was, I, mean, I got to see it now. But he, he used characters from that movie to like tell the story of his product for yeah. 2021, 2022. And the audience was so bowled over that his boss sent him a bonus check. So if you want the presentations to improve at your company, let's get some rewards out there for somebody, you know, imagine the vulnerability because this is a super techie, techie, techie place. And he really stepped out and he was rewarded for it. So that's, that's a cool example that I'm so glad you brought out the creativity side of it. And that's where the gold is to complement your rational brain. So everybody, let's be more creative. Right. Um, So my other favorite Canadian, Dr. Jordan Peterson, has said that he has recommended that people be, he says, be articulate. It's the most dangerous thing you can possibly be. So how would you define being articulate? Well, I think we often think that articulate means using the perfect words and stringing them together in a in a compelling fashion and i think that personally i think articulate it does go back to that vulnerability and your willingness to say what no one else is saying yes i love that so it's it and, and it doesn't mean it has to be provocative it doesn't mean that it has to be in somebody's face it doesn't have to be those things. Sometimes it might be, but when you are coming from a place of complete partnership with whomever you're communicating, when you're doing that, when you are shoulder to shoulder with whomever you're communicating with, you are in it together, what you say becomes very articulate because it's meaningful and relevant to the people you're speaking to. And it's, 
I think what he's talking about of being dangerous, it's not a position that most people are willing to take. It feels very scary because one part of it is because it's not about you. It's all about the other person. And and what if they reject us? Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing as making a presentation, the same reason people fear that. So they fear being articulate and clear and speaking up and saying this thing because they fear being shot down. Yeah. What if the guy at Google had said, oh, I'm just going to do the normal humdrum product update. That's the safe route. Right. And it's not going to get a good result. It's going to be a humdrum result. But instead, he took a chance, went out there, paid attention to who he was communicating with, Mm -hmm. went, how could I have a different kind of impact on them? How could I have a different outcome? And what's it call forth from me? Right. Right. And, And, oh, go on. Go ahead. I was just going to say, if he had just done the boring, nobody would have said, oh, terrible presentation, because that's normal. 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 Yeah. That is not communication excellence. That's what we call normal communication, which is unfortunate. Yes. Most of us, what we call communication, I call data exchange. (laughs) Not communication. Communication requires a connection with another person. Right. And that connection. That's communication. Right. That connection requires an an emotional aspect, don't you think? Yeah. Very. And the emotion can be, oh, wow, that was interesting. Oh, wow. That was like so fascinating. I'm engaged. I'm inspired. And it can be like, oh, it really touched my heart. It can be all you know, right, no, right, emotions. Right. You've got a broad range of emotions. But right. it is about that speaking to us as human beings and not as data machines. Yeah, is that right? I'm sure you've seen this, that you'll be talking to a client who's super engaging and interesting. And then he or she starts practicing their, their big talk and they turn into these robots. I know, <laughs> I know. And you're like, Hey, where did Sally go? She was where just did, here. And that's that whole authenticity piece of it is, is that's what happens when we get into those. It's like all of a sudden, okay, now we're going to speak. And the presenter persona shows up. It's like invasion of the body snatchers. Right. It's like, who, who took over your body? Who's this yes. person? So I guess it's that fear that causes this not being authentic, not being yourself. But What mistakes do you see people making in the data exchange, the non-effective, non-excellent communication? Must be easier, right? So I think it's maybe harder to do it well. But what mistakes do you most often see? I would say two of the biggest mistakes is one is the focus is in the wrong place. So the focus is, let me tell you about me. Let me tell you about my products. Let me tell you about my company. Let me tell you about my project. Let me tell you about me, 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 me. And the audience is waiting until you're going to get to the good stuff, which is about them. Right. Right. So that's the number one mistake in communication. It's all oriented towards ourselves. And we're not thinking, really, truly thinking about what others, their experiences and what's relevant to them. So that's the number one mistake that anybody in communication, and 
I wish that I never made that mistake myself, but that's, oh. I'm, I'm a work in, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm a work in progress too. <laughs> yes. Well, I remember selling my company back in the beginning. I was like, oh, let me tell you all the things I can do. Yeah. And then you get, what does that get you? Nowhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The second big mistake that I see is that there is a tremendous lack in preparation. Right. The winging it. Oh, I'll oh my God. It. Like, yep, I know that. And when you're a subject matter expert, it's like, I, no, no, I know how to do this. I'm really good at this. And you're not. Right. And the kind of preparation now and, and preparation takes a lot of forms. Mm-hmm. It's not just practicing and rehearsing and all of that sort of thing. Yes, that's that's a good thing. But there's a lot more even before that happens. Part of it is knowing who you're speaking to, being really clear about what's important to them, formulating how you're going to be thinking about what you're doing, taking all of the elements, whether it's as an individual or as a company, and forcing yourself to see it from somebody else's point of view. Like all of that is part of the preparation, understanding the strategy of it. One of the things in part of that preparation that I see, particularly because I work a lot with sales teams, and that they don't know what their ask is. They don't know what their request is. No. And these are like, these are top world-class salespeople. They know what their ultimate, what they ultimately want to have happen. Mm -hmm. They know that, but that's, that isn't necessarily what the next ask is. Like, what's the next thing? And so that's that part of that thinking it through and preparing to make the ask. Cause that's one thing I'm sure you've seen this. As soon as you get to calls to action, everybody start stumbling. They can be perfect up to right. that point. And as soon as right. they start asking for something, right. they stumble and stutter and and it all falls apart. Right. So they haven't really thought through what they're asking for and practiced the language of it. Right. Yeah. And I think seeing whatever you're selling, whether it's your latest project at work, or if you're selling a thing, you need to see that it's a service to the other person that if, how is it going to make their life better? Because if it's not, then why are you doing it? Right? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, okay. So the biggest mistakes are focusing on yourself and not preparing. I think once you get one good presentation, if you're talking about a presentation prepared, then the preparation for subsequent ones is not going to be quite the load because you get that is developing that strategic part of your brain for communication, right? The messaging and the connection and serving the other person, not telling them how great you are. And that's why a lot of clients who are highly conscientious, they see it as two choices that I'm either quiet mumble mouth or I'm egomaniac blab about myself. And so that's, those are not the only two options, folks. (laughs) There's a lot of opportunity to shine the light on your work, not on yourself or how your work is going to help people. Yeah. All right. So I have a big question, Teresa, that a lot of people want to know. And that is this question. Let's say that you work with somebody that takes forever to get to the point. I mean, 
why use 10 words when you can use 150? Yep. So what's the answer? What's the solution? Well, one, again, I go back to what, where, what the cause is, like what's, where is it? Some people just like to hear themselves talk. So that's, yes, one. yes. You know, that that's can, one, that's a, yeah, that's, that's one category. Usually when people ramble on is because they don't know a more succinct way to say what it is that they want to say with the level of power behind it that they're wishing to convey. And so that, so again, it comes back to the fundamentals again, is like, in order for you to get a message across and for it to be succinct is for you to be focused on the other person, what's in it for them, how do you provide that solution to them to solve whatever problem they're working on and get to the point with that and make it relevant. It must be relevant. So the wandering around and and lots of conversation, I find have to do, again, preparation, but not being clear about what it is that that they want to say. But if that person is talking to you, what do you, I mean, and you have things to do, what are you going to recommend to just- For those things? Personally, I would, I'm pretty bold about this kind of stuff too. So I would step in and say, let me make sure that I understand what you're saying here. And I would probably interpret it. And I would say it more succinctly on their behalf. So when you, okay, folks. So when Teresa says step in, she's giving you permission to interrupt the Yes. Do it in a friendly way, but otherwise you're going to lose another five minutes of your life. So it's okay to interrupt. Let me make sure I'm understanding, recap and move on. Yeah. Do you have any stories of how communication has changed somebody's life or a team or a company? I mean, you've been doing this a while. I would love to hear what, and working with a group, like what would be something that triggered, made the light go on and made them realize that there was a better way of saying something? Well, we just finished working on a presentation for one of our clients that they are creating a whole series of webinars, lots of webinars, video, educational component, and they were selling their system, if you will, to a group of professionals, and they were in financial services. And they sent me their videos, they sent their deck, and I scrapped. 70% of it said, this is (laughs) get rid of all of this. You've got this period of time. This is too complicated. You're making something way too complicated. And if you strip it down and you, we put it down to just start here, skip all this other stuff. The first thing I told them actually is they started out introducing themselves. So let me tell you about myself. I've been doing this for blah, 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 blah. And it was all blah, 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 blah. And here's my partner who's been doing this and blah, blah, blah. And I said, skip all the blah, blah, blah. Nobody cares. They're only interested in you when they can tell you're interested in them. So that was like, they were kind of taken aback. It's like, well, when do we get to talk about ourselves? And I said, you're going to weave in. Mm-hmm. all about you throughout the presentation. You're going to use examples of things that you've done 
And you're going to demonstrate that that way rather than standing and telling everybody your bio. They're not interested. They're interested only in themselves and how you can help them. So weave it in that way. So they did that. So they changed. They changed the whole deck. They changed the structure of the presentation. They stopped doing that. And by the way, they're two women. Both of these women are really good communicators. These are not novice communicators. They are both highly success, successful business owners that, I mean, they're not babies at this. Right. And they went in and they, and I'm so grateful. They're very coachable, went in and immediately saw results that they hadn't seen. Like they awesome. immediately had people sign up for their program, send them money to like instantly they can, and they were working through another organization who was introducing them. They were had a strategic alliance and got a message immediately back from the person that they formed the alliance with and said, this was the best presentation we've ever seen. You knocked it out of the park. Everybody is thrilled. And so that kind of thing, they were over the moon, instant results felt so good about themselves, great feedback all the way around and have a, now a model Mm -hmm. that they can use, but that's, that's one that just, that is top of mind that do I have a story? I have hundreds of those. Oh, I know we hear stories (laughs) every day, but I, I just think it's good to, to let people know that is when you partner with an outside person, yes. partner, like you said, even if you are gifted in communication yeah. and skilled with everything else that you have going on, you can really get your message more finely tuned, more creative, shorter, possibly, probably, yeah. and, and more focused effective. on the right things and the right people. Right. But it's like, it's just too much when you're the fish in the water, it's really hard to see that they don't really need all of that. And as far as bios go, I don't, as you notice, I give the minimum bio in my podcast because I, we're going to Google you. The people that right. are interested, they're going to be like, oh, who is Teresa Easler? Oh, connect to the core. Oh, oh, there she is. I mean, and it's the same when I speak to you, like, here's one sentence. If those who are interested can Google and like you said, it's better to sprinkle in or weave in the details that show who you are and yes. how that's relevant to the audience. Yes. All right. So I have two more topics on my agenda. I want to ask you about mindset. What is your approach to teaching mindset? What is the best mindset a person can get into to communicate well? And what are your thoughts? Well, teaching mindset. I don't know that you can teach mindset. I think you can, if I think if someone is completely shut down to not being willing and interested in learning and growth, I'm not going to dull my sword on that Mm -hmm. personally. That's a personal choice. That's not where I want to put my attention. If somebody is interested, has a growth mindset, is coachable, man, I will work with them. I don't care what their skill level is. I will work with them as long as they're willing to be coached and to grow. So I don't know if somebody's like got a closed mindset. Mm -hmm. I don't know how 
to pry that open. I don't know that it probably is possible. It's not personally where I'm going to put my attention. (laughs) It may work, but I'm not going to waste my time. I'm not going to spend my, I'm not going to spend my time there. There are so many people who are open and eager and want to learn and willing to learn. And it's like, tell me what you've got. Help me. I want to get better. To me, that's fulfilling. That's exciting. That's worthwhile. Right. And getting better at communication, it's not like learning to play the violin. It's not like you need 20, well, just take 20 years of your life and make you a good communicator. It's really getting to the areas that you need to polish and put some thought into and and maybe think of a different way of delivering it, which I think is hugely helpful. And you get results in a short amount of time. So for the last topic, uh, this has been super interesting, very practical. Teresa is laying some really good tools on you. I know that you're appreciating this. And those who are regular listeners know that I am obsessed with culture buildings. I feel like our culture is degrading. And I'm convinced though that if we work at at the level of where we are in our microcosm of helping people, everyone to feel heard, understood, and valued, that that's going to help our culture. What do you see as the relationship, if any, between the way you communicate and the way the culture, the state of that cultural health? Well, they're, they're so, you know this, this they are so, they're like the front and the back of your hand, mm-hmm. basically. What I've seen, it's funny because I've been recently asked to come in and work a lot with companies about their culture and making sure because the concern, particularly post-pandemic and people returning to the office and it feeling like cultures have frayed, have mm-hmm. it hasn't, remote work has taken its toll on culture. And couple of things about that. One is, is a lot of companies don't know how to identify what their culture is. It's been organic. It hasn't been deliberate or intentional. And so I think that that's one of the things that's very important is for there to be an intentionality is what is our culture? What's the why behind us? And formulating that and getting clear about it, core values, really, it's not a kind of like, okay, we got to do this stupid exercise. Coming up with a <laughs> it's so much deeper than that because it's embedded into the DNA of the company. And if you don't have that kind of clarity mm-hmm. about that, it's very hard to promote a culture. So that's the first part of it. But the place, even companies that have really great cultures, what happens is it's depending on the size of the organization, it doesn't get cascaded. So the culture might be great at the top, but nobody, when you start moving down through the organization, it's like, we have no idea this, what, that's our culture. That's not what my experience. And it becomes very fragmented and frayed. And that's completely a communication issue. Mm -hmm. It's rarely, rarely spoken of. It's rarely become a priority that it's reinforced through communication on a daily basis, really. Right. I agree. And all the conversations that take place and all of the meetings that take place. And when you're veering off or you're not in adherence to what you've identified as your culture, 
that there's a way of speaking about it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So culture and communication, like I said, the front and the back of the hand. Oh, I'm so glad to hear. I love that expression. I love that. And I'm not going to dull my sword. That sounds yeah. very <laughs> medieval and I love it. <laughs> this communication has been around for a long time, folks. Yeah. This has been yeah. so interesting. It's been great to talk to you, Teresa. For those of you who want to know more about Connect to the Core, you can find Teresa on LinkedIn and she's got a website she'll tell you about, but her name is Teresa without the H and then her last name is E-A-S-L-E-R. What, what is your closing message for this audience of highly conscientious, high performers that are just aiming for top, the senior leadership? That's Those are the people that you're most, those are, that mostly describes the people that you're talking to. The, the main thing is, is and communication and leadership, the same thing. They're so intertwined. It's very difficult for me to separate great leadership and great communication. And I think, and we spoke about this a moment ago, but I think that one of the things that most of us don't realize is where we have kind of a feeling. It's a, a feeling more than uh, precise looking at where are we great and where is there room for work? And we created a scorecard that goes through out of the 40 years that I've worked in this industry, the nine characteristics that are, are prevalent in the best communicators and what each of those characteristics means so that you can score yourselves. Like, where do I fit? the continuum. But that scorecard is available either contacting us or you can go to our website and download the scorecard or they're on social media. We make it available complimentary for people to take a look at it and see where, where am I? Oh, I hadn't thought of it that way. Or even to, even to understand these are the things to develop. Very cool. Well, thank you so much. This has been just so much fun. And I feel that we have brought our countries closer together, the United States and Canada, and we are connected to the cord. Thank you so much for tuning in. And until the next episode, I will see you soon. Take care. Bye-bye.